0: We got music now. We don't have Gordon today, but we have music, FlowTrack Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or on our website, flowtrack.org slash flowtrack podcast. Never done a podcast solo. I have to admit, this is my first time trying this. We'll see how long we can go, but there's plenty of news to talk about in the running world. And who knows, Gordon may. Join us later on. But the main topic everybody has been discussing over the past day, well, I'll just read the headline. You probably saw the headline if you're listening to the show. Japan privately concludes Tokyo Olympics should be canceled due to coronavirus. And that's a report from the Times in London. And of course, this set the track world and the Olympic world in general ablaze with people saying, oh, no, not again not again, not again. Now, I should say, didn't take long for there to be denials of the report from the LOC in Tokyo, the IOC. Pretty much everybody up and down the spectrum said that, nope, the Olympics in Tokyo are, are going on as planned. But in that original Times of London report, they quote, a unidentified senior member of the ruling government coalition it says no one wants to be the first to say so but the consensus is that it's too difficult the source said i'm reading from the times report here personally i don't think it's going to happen so an unidentified senior member of the ruling government coalition as i mentioned though the pushback came shortly after that tomas bach head of the ioc said we have at this moment this is from an espn article no reason whatsoever to believe that the tokyo olympic games in tokyo will not open on the 23rd of july in the olympic stadium um so here we are here we are and we're in a spot that we are very familiar with in terms of talk of postponements talk of cancellations but this obviously is different this is the big kahuna this is the olympic games ever since the last olympics were postponed everybody had this one circled so I think we're a ways away from knowing for certain, obviously, what's going to happen. Bach said something interesting too, if you've been paying attention to, to some of his comments recently. He said there is no plan B. He said there is no plan B, meaning, at least the way I interpret it is, the Olympics are going to happen in Tokyo on the dates that are scheduled. That's what he's. That's what I infer when he says Plan B. But he also said in this ESPN article highlights it. He says Bach hinted that radical changes might be needed to pull off the Tokyo Olympics, which involve eleven thousand athletes and tens of thousands of coaches, officials, judges, VIPs, media, and broadcasters. So maybe he's not thinking about Plan B the way I think of Plan B. But to me, that implies a Plan B if you're saying radical changes. Maybe Tomas Bach only operates in, he has plan A, A1, A2, A3, and A4, because I don't know what a plan B is if it doesn't signify radical changes. Obviously, the big thing that people are discussing is the lack of spectators, because we've seen that all throughout sports throughout the world. That's the easiest thing to cut. This article mentions that The IOC gets 73% of its income, 73% of its income from broadcast rights. So that's what they're concerned about mostly from a money-making perspective is can we have this to put on television? And in the United States, can we have it on television during those summer months when there is no competition from the NFL or college football? That's important to consider as well here, too. So if they don't have spectators, sure, they could still have the Olympic Games and they could make, according to this article, 73% of its income still, they could run it, as Gordon and I have talked about before, on a sound stage, essentially, with nobody in the building and still make some money. Now, is that what the athletes would like? I don't know. Given that choice versus not having it at all, I'm inclined to believe that they'd rather have it. I think people have come more accustomed to seeing sporting events take place without fans. So people's opinions may have changed over the past year in terms of what's acceptable. Can we still make this the big uh, spectacle, excuse me, that it deserves to be while doing it in a safe manner. I think there's a couple other plan B, C, and D, though, that should be considered other than uh, just limiting of spectators. And I think these might come about as well, too. One of which would be limiting the amount of athletes. Because right now you have 11,000 athletes, according to this report. Could we see them dwindle? the amount of eligible athletes in order to make this a more manageable event i'm guessing it's easy for them to cut media it's probably easy for them to cut vips cut down on the amount of coaching staff Um, but the athlete number that's going to be a harder sell so that's one thing i'm looking at the other thing i'm looking at is how set are they on that time frame now we know Well, we don't know really (laughs) what the rate of vaccination will be. We don't know how much of the world will be vaccinated in time for this to go off safely. We do know there's a vast disparity between how countries are getting access to the vaccine and how many vaccines are being put in people's arms. Right, and it's all over the board, and I think that's going to continue to happen. But would there be more clarity if they push it back a couple months? Does does Tokyo want to mess around with it and move time frame back? That's a really difficult problem, right? With venues being locked down, with different. Um, financial commitments already being made, stadiums probably um, being used for other purposes. Although during the time of a pandemic, I don't know if there's going to be a U2 concert in Tokyo that they're going to be knocking off. So it just opens up, obviously, a huge, huge logistical challenge here. Another thing, another thing that should be considered, and I say it here, I think Gordon's going to be joining us shortly. I'll have him explain this. But he sent out a tweet yesterday about how it might be worth exploring giving every individual state their own bubble, each individual sport, excuse me, their own bubble. So 50 different cities around the world, and they have their own bubble. Again, a lot of logistical challenges there. Because what do you do with some of these larger sports, like track and field? Because we want to compare it to the the NBA, right, who had a very successful bubble last season. But the amount of athletes involved in an NBA bubble is relatively small compared to track and field or some of these other sports. Is it more difficult logistically to have – 50 different sites set up than one big one in terms of scale because you're going to have to have a testing setup in each place you're going to have to have all that security set up like you would for any other sporting event so when i initially thought about this a couple months ago when we thought okay things will be okay by olympics we'll be able to get it all sorted out by the Olympics." I thought the Olympics were a natural fit for this, not not in the way you may have thought, but in the way of the athlete's village is used to being separated from the rest of the city because of security reasons. So it almost creates its own bubble. So if you could figure out a way to have the people in the bubble tested frequently, or now that we have a vaccine, could it work it within that bubble? Obviously the dynamic that's vastly different is just the volume of people coming and the different areas of the world where they're all congregating for these Olympics. That's different. That's not something that major league baseball deals with. That's not something that premier league deals with. That's not something that the NBA deals with the volume of people coming from every single corner of the globe to compete. So obviously This is going to be something that nobody is going to believe is a sure thing until we get much closer. And I'm thinking about it in the short term with the Olympic trials. Olympic trials are coming up even sooner than the Olympics. So how is that going to go off? How are the Olympic trials going to be able to take place? Obviously, different logistical challenges because we're all in the United States, but that's a big track meet that's a big track meet that needs to take place. I think Gordon Mac now is joining us from his home here in Austin Texas. Gordon, I did the first 15 minutes, 10 minutes solo. It was like I was an AM radio host in the morning, except I couldn't toss it to commercial or to weather. We also had an intro song that you missed. We've been doing (laughs) doing pretty good without you. We've made a lot of changes.
1: Yeah? Oh, man. I, well, I don't want to make you repeat what you said, but uh, can you give me a, a two-sentence highlight of the past 15 minutes that I just missed so then I'm caught up and we can I can dive right back into the pod?
0: Well, we read your tweet. I said that's going to be logistically difficult for 50 different sites. I don't know if that's easier than one site with all the testing infrastructure. I talked about how Tomas Bach, head of the IOC, who you tagged in a tweet yesterday. <laughs> Props to you for doing that. Got to shoot your shot out there. Uh, he said there's no plan B, but then in the same article, it says Bach hinted that radical changes might need be needed to pull off the Tokyo Olympics. So he doesn't think that there should be a plan B, but he's talking about radical changes. So we talked about how do they cut the number of athletes, right? I think they can cut the number of support personnel. They can cut the number of VIPs and media like they've done in other sports. Do they cut the number of athletes? Are they comfortable? Is it even possible to move it Another month or two into a safer window um, the article that you sent me from ESPN indicates seventy three percent of the revenue comes from TV so I'm operating under the assumption if they have no spectators, they'll be fine but I uh, mean you sent out the tweet you're the one who put out the call to the IOC the USOC, everybody <laughs> to rally around your proposal what say you?
1: yeah I mean, even the the number fifty doesn't need to be fifty. It could be like fifteen, right? Where it's mm-hmm. you're just basically finding a way to. I mean, how many was it? Twenty thousand athletes? Is that the normal village? Is that the, the Oh, I have the number. Village? I had the What's number. The number you're
0: right.
1: I'll, typically, it dealing is.
0: With? I got it here on my uh, phone. So, in the twenty sixteen Summer Olympics, there were eleven thousand two hundred thirty eight athletes from 207 nations
1: so 11,000 athletes and then how much staff I'm assuming probably double that probably double that so just to be safe let's let's say it's about 20,000 people 20,000 people at one location what if it was a thousand people at 20 locations I just feel Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it would be easier to handle you know look at the NBA they're able to do a bubble Where they were able to handle probably a thousand people in one location, I feel like if you look across the globe, you can find at least twenty Disney-type campuses in the world. I mean, they might not be a Disney park, but they might be some college campus or something. You know, maybe there's something in Asia we don't know about. You know, they could. We could find twenty types of Disney worlds. I mean, we could always use another Disney world, right? That's how it goes. Uh, But. (laughs) I mean, I was texting back and forth with Ryan Fenton about it, and he's like, Hey, I don't I think you're you ideal. Uh, Thomas Bach. I, I, when I tagged him, I was like, Oh, he has Twitter. And then if you look at his Twitter, his last tweet was like from 2016, and he has like one tweet. So he was probably yeah, like. You did he do any Bernie memes? No, he, he was just. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do a Bernie meme. He was def- definitely just a, a guy who was like, Ooh, I'm going to create a Twitter for like the young guys, <laughs> young kids. And then tweets once for the right before the Olympics start and then just hasn't yeah, tweeted yeah. since. Uh, but um, I honestly, people were tweeting at me like all the negatives and a lot of their negatives I don't think were real. They're like, oh, it's gonna, the TV production is gonna be hell. I'm like, well, first of all, there is mm, zero crossover in sports in the TV production. I highly doubt the, the cameramen or. Play by play or producers who are doing the Olympic basketball game are also doing the gymnastics game like earlier that day, right? I really think all the sports production crews are segmented, right? So it's not like you need to add more bodies. The bodies are the same. Well, there might be some there might be some
0: first week, second week stuff, but I, I don't think they're overlapping. Like sure. they are set up at the venue. They're set up at the venue. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. But like in the general, I feel and like You know, he was like, well, food's the same because you're feeding the same number of athletes. I mean, the main thing is like, it is a little more expensive because you have to secure 20 locations instead of one. But I feel like it wouldn't be 50 to 20 times the cost. I do think it would be a little bit less because I think a lot of the costs would be the same because the scale is equal. Right. But yeah, the main thing that Ryan told me is like, ioc wouldn't do this because the big thing about the ioc the elephant in the room is they get the city the host to pay for everything and it's gonna be a lot harder to get 20 hosts or 50 hosts to foot the bill than it is to get one host to foot the bill right so yeah and i was like well wouldn't the ioc in this once in a lifetime Weird situation that they'd be willing to help foot the bill, and Ryan respond with "LOL." I was ain't, "Ain't footing the bill for nobody, right?" Um, and I was like, "Well, the NBA foot the bill to try to make the bubble happen, and but the NBA is in a different situation where uh, there's like labor unions, and there's yeah. you know, you know, there's a lot more incentive to
0: like you want to keep maintain goodwill, right? Yeah." You want to maintain goodwill with with the players and the coaches and the franchises.
1: And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, Olympic athletes aren't going to be like, we're protesting the 2024 Olympics because you canceled the 2021 Olympics. It's like, no, they'll still show up. They'll still wear their brandless, you know, bodies where they can't talk about any of the people that sponsor them. That's the one thing I, I mean, I can go on a tangent about that. We talk about Rule 40 and all these, like, you know, athletes complaining about all of the you know, restrictions that the Olympics put on an athlete. It's like it's their one. They only get one time every four years to really make their money and show their brand and the Olympics are preventing all that. And I'm yeah. like, we're we're blaming the wrong person. The, the problem isn't the Olympics banning branding and banning up revenue opportunities. The problem is that we are allowing the sport that we're in to make the olympics the only thing that matters. That's the problem, you know. I don't think LeBron James LeBron LeBron James's net worth takes a hit because he can't talk about certain sponsors once every 4 years because he's in a sport where he can talk about sponsors a majority of the time and the pinnacle of the sport is not an olympic title, it's an NBA title, you know. And I think that's the main problem with our sport is that we make our pinnacle the the worst uh financial business model for our sport, right? If we were smart, we should make our pinnacle something that happens more often and not a slave to IOC, you know? But that's another do, story. Do you
0: I mean this would be obviously devastating to the athletes if it was if it was canceled.
1: Yes. Because then it's did you did it's, you read the then it's off. yeah. Hold Go on. Ahead. Did you read the IOC's like response late last night?
0: Yeah, but what are they gonna say? What are they gonna say? True. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying the initial report, which was very thinly sourced. Right. It's it, yeah. It's referencing an, an anonymous person within within the government. I mean, that that could be a lot of different people. But I mean, what are they gonna say? They can't say. Oh, yeah, it's teetering 50-50 at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What worries me, though, I wish Tomas Bach would say, we have a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, and here it is. Here's all the different contingencies we're considering. Instead, he mm-hmm. thinks he's just going to bulldoze right through, and I don't know if that's the smartest way to play this. I'm In just fact, saying. No, know it's not the smartest way to play this. Do the MAC plan at least. Put the MAC plan on your board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, need to
1: be – that need to be C. It can be like R. Yeah, yeah. Well, before the report came out, he said there was no plan B. Then the report came out. Then my tweet came out. Mm. And then he said, and then he said, well, we're willing to do plan B, C, D. Didn't he?
0: Radical, radical, rad- well, he said Ra- radical, change. Radical. radical, radical change. 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 Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. I'm not saying he was sl- sliding into my DMs or anything, but you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying it's not happening. Uh, my, my, all right. So, if it the athletes, though. If it does, I want to it talk does about, suck. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 big but. I really think it's an opportunity for the athletes to, like I said, like five minutes ago, to take back control of their sport and recognize that we should stop relying On the Olympics as the only thing that matters that gives us purpose. Like the Olympics shouldn't be the thing that you live, die, and breathe for. It should be your sport that you live, die, and breathe for. And I mean, I think I could see a timeline where it does get canceled. And then, you know, World Athletics steps up. It's like, all right, screw it. We're having Worlds in Eugene 2021. Or USATF says, screw it. All right. It's not the Olympic Trials; it's the USA Championships. You know, Diamond League's like screw. All right, well, we're still having our Diamond League circuit. You know, all the is sure, like but screw. That's not... We're still having NCAA Championships, and I just think yeah. that like, where does that get them, though?
0: Where does that get them? Because I, 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 I wish that you were right, but I see the Olympics as elevating track, as putting track in front of people every four years, and if it goes away right? We're just going to move on to 2022 and it'll be worlds again. And then 2023 it will be worlds again. And then we're going to fall right back into that same pattern. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like a Phoenix rising from the ashes here, track's going to build itself back. I just don't, I'm not as optimistic that something can be constructed that quickly that would make this a, a um, beneficial step in the long run. I mean, I'm with you. Okay. I think Diamond League will still happen. I, I think Diamond League will still happen. I don't think they're gonna move Eugene Worlds. Because I not? think all that stuff because all that stuff's slotted in already and everybody all the permits and all the commitments and everything like that. They're not gonna you think they're not gonna do it in Tokyo, but they would do it in Eugene? You
1: think they're gonna have clearance to have a world you, track and field championships? Maybe no. they don't do it in Eugene, I mean, they do it that's the main thing. The main problem, like I said in my tweet, is that they're trying to handle fifty sports at once. I think a they're lot gonna, of sports be like, we can do one sport at once.
0: You think that – I know. But okay, for that to happen, they would need to cancel the Olympics right now, which they're not going to do. If they do cancel it, it's going to come in a couple months, and it's going to be way too close to when these proposed worlds are going to happen. I think mean, they would do the Diamond League. I think obviously NCAA isn't impacted by this at all, but we would just have yes, two off you- years. 2020 and Twenty one would be off years. And then Eugene would be in 2022, and then we'd go ahead with 2023 in Budapest, and 2024 in Paris, and so on and so forth. I think that's what would happen. But you'd have all these athletes who are just like a complete hole in their career. And I think you'd see a ton more retirements because people yeah. – a lot of people were hanging on for one more. And then now it's, oh, and I got to go two more years, and it's not even going to be an Olympics.
1: Yeah, it could be like, I ain't going to be here no more. I mean the Americans exactly. might – the Americans might hold on because world is in USA's so and that'll be a great experience. Um, but I, if, if they did cancel, I really do think there'll be a huge outcry from all the top athletes in track and field begging world athletics. Hey, step up, give us a global championship. And I think they will be like, they're not going to have an excuse because they're going to be like, yeah, we can do all these diamond links, but we just can't do that. One big one, you know, like I, I think, okay. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that you're right.
0: I hope that you're hundred percent right. I just think logistically it would be difficult given the time frame. I mean, last year, when did they cancel it last year? When was the actual announcement? Now we didn't know as much about it then, but didn't it not come until, I mean, it was like late April, right?
1: Yeah. It's like April. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. a month and a half into like the pandemic that people were talking about yeah. it and stuff like that.
0: Right. And again, we, maybe it's, okay, here we go. March, March 24th, actually. So it did happen relatively quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Different year, different situation. I just think it's going to be tough to, to fill that hole. You're right. This is the monster that's been created, but it's also the monster that sustains the, the sport at this point. And it's the thing that fuels a lot of athletes, Um, all the athletes right are working on these olympic cycles
1: yeah and i and i get it it is i personally love the olympics and i think it is the coolest thing about track and all that stuff but i just do think that do you think there's a reason there's there are certain athletes who lose sleep over the olympics being gone and there's certain athletes who when the olympics are gone, are like oh that sucks there's a "all oh, that sucks" moment, and they're like, "That is devastating, right?" And for us, track and fields, it's devastating because we created the Olympics as the only thing that matters, right? Because that's literally it's every that's,
0: but that's literally every sport
1: that's, except
0: for there's a very few. Are you watching regular season bobsled? Are you watching regular season badminton? Are you watching regular season archery? Like, are you watching regular season swimming? Like, other than the so, big team sports. Right, other than the big team sports, but those Tennis? are the exception. Those are the exceptions. Tennis, golf? Yeah, yeah. those are the exceptions. Sport. Yeah, but those are the exceptions. It's not that track is an exception. Track is in this bigger pool. Track is more alike to the average Olympic sport than it is different.
1: Wouldn't you agree? No, I mean, I could – I'm going to start listening. Basketball, baseball soccer tennis golf cycling um skateboarding that's new one snowboarding uh (laughs) but i mean let's be honest Uh, do you think a snowboarder would rather win an olympic gold or would they rather win the x games they would rather win the the x
0: games i'm not an x games expert i'm kind of surprised it still goes on to be honest with you no but i'm talking (laughs) track swimming gymnastics figure skating speed, saving, all the things, all, all the things that get prime time billing, all the things that move the needle in the Olympics are the pinnacle of that sport. And then there's also all those other smaller sports. Like I mentioned, archery, diving, all those other small sports that you only see snippets of in, in prime time. That's, that's a big deal for that sport as well too. So it's not just a matter of what is tracked needed differently. It's, it's almost like, what are all these other sports as well? Is there the appetite? Is there the space for all these niche sports still? Again, I wish I, I wish I knew the answer, but this is something that we've been talking about for <laughs> decades. at
1: This point, more than a decade. But also let's, looks- let me play more Devil's Advocate. I mean, I admire your, I'm, I
0: admire your optimism. I admire your optimism, it, and I gotta be honest, like, I'm sort of surprised that you're an optimist because usually
1: when you're, you're, when you're, uh, you're a cold realist, when you're sitting and watching, uh, the 2019, you went to Worlds in 2019. Uh, let's pick yeah. one in the race. Pick a race. Men's
0: five hundred
1: Donovan Brazier 800. Runs okay. one forty two, right? One forty two. Sorry, man. yeah. Right. Sets the American record. That race, the build, like the right before it started, when you're watching it, and the as an American, you saw an American win, so it was cool. The feeling after it, right? As a fan, the emotions that you went through of the excitement before it, the excitement during it, and excitement right after, I feel like was equal to the 2016 Olympic 800 meter final.
0: Yeah. For a diehard track fan, hundred percent minus the fact that there was barely any crowd, but if you had a yeah, London yeah. 2017 temp, yeah, I see them as, I see them as equal, equal or very, very close. Right. Yeah. The, the Olympics. But yeah, when we talk about an athlete's legacy, an athlete's career, and we count gold medals, we don't, we don't, exclude world medals right olympics and world championships yeah. we put them on the same playing field yeah 100 percent. and i'm like we should that like but I, I i'm in the minority think... i'm it's yeah. what i'm saying is i'm in the minority we're in the minority like when you can piggyback onto this big behemoth of the olympics
1: it's different and that's this, what they are they do we in the minority though the here's are we in the minority are track fan like diehard track fans the minority of track viewership? I kind of don't think so. In the Olympics, if you take, yes. No, no. Hold on, no. no. If you take in a four-year span, the audience of people who watch track, there are going to be a larger percentage of people who watch track because they like track than watch track because it happens to be on TV or happens no. to be for the Olympics. A,
0: do you see? But look like, at how many people watch you. You, Gordon, 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 Gordon. You know how many people watch track broadcasts. You, you, you know. Yes, you've seen numbers no. before. Okay, and then Google how many people watch the men's hundred final in Rio. Look at how many millions of people. Like, it's not close. It's not close. It's a prime time event. But like, it's okay, what's well, on on NBC at eight PM? You could put anything on there, and it's going to get millions of people. And you put on the 100 or you put on the 1,500 or you put on the women's 200 with Allison Felix in primetime, there are so many people tuning in. Talk to some non-track what's the people value, in your life. What, what, the the what's, the, what's,
1: the, what's the value of a passive non-track fan watching your sport? What's the value selling, of that?
0: They're ad dollars.
1: They're just – they want that ad. No, like, they to, want that to, to the sport. That's what they no, want. Just to the sport in general. Like is
0: like – That's what we're I seeing. Mean, That's what we're seeing. It's not much. It's not much, right? Because they just go away. Yeah. But for the IOT, it's everything. Yeah. Hundred. Yes. No, I agree with you on that point. I agree with you 100% on that. The value is not – it's not one-to-one for sure. You and I watching because then we go and we consume other stuff and people like us, there's value in that. But, but like, I mean, maybe you convert Maybe you convert some people, right? Like the, your first exposure to track was either running it or you stumbled on it probably during an Olympics. I heard people talking about during Olympics. So yeah, I mean, it my, helps
1: you get into What gets most track fans is the youth program being telling, hey, you want to run, be on the track team? Oh, this is fun. And you're like, oh, okay. This is what for Me But meters the idea –
0: but the idea of, oh, this isn't just a participatory thing. This is a spectator thing. And there's really, really good people all throughout the world. I mean, that's what I remember about it back when I was like eight years old. Because I wasn't I wasn't looking up start lists for the Brussels Diamond League. But like when the Olympics came on, I'm like, oh, like this is a sport. This is like a pro sport. That's cool. Just like basketball. Just like all these other sports.
1: Yeah, I just have this weird like putting it this way. Like, I know this may sound counterintuitive I don't know but like I feel like the value of 10 say pick a number say of 10 million people of which a million of them are diehard fans so 9 million passive people watching non-fans just happen to have it on and a million diehards so it's 10 million people watching the event is the same as only a million diehard fans watching right okay i see what you're saying like uh, like i just think like you know i don't know how we got down done right. the, the but yeah yeah I, basically what i'm trying to say is that like we sometimes like again it is it sucks and i and i get it and it is i as a fan i hate it if i was an athlete i would hate it and all this stuff it's the worst 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 thing ever you have your dreams, you think of someone like Jake Riley or Molly Seidel who made the first Olympic team and they may have to retry out again. Like that's like the worst feeling ever, right? I get it. Um, They may never get the opportunity. And they may never get the opportunity. Yeah. And I get it. And like getting, you know, getting third at the Chicago Marathon isn't going to replace what would feel like being able to put on the USA jersey on an Olympic starting line. I get it. But I I just also think that like the the sport needs to like find a way to like to to find more value and purpose outside the Olympics. That's all I'm saying. Like we need well, to, bro- yeah. And I think we do have a good moments of
0: that. Well, at the marathon. With the well, you brought up a good point. With the with the the six people who would really be devastated by this news which would be the six people who are already on the team
1: yeah. but the
0: marathon has been able to carve that out they have majors they have wins but there's still just something different as you mentioned there's just still something different about the olympics and i think no matter what you do that's always going to be there something about just the the romanticized dream of running for your country is always going to be put above everything else because it's instantly recognizable to your friends yeah. and family and people who don't know anything about the Chicago marathon don't know anything about a 208 PR
1: yeah.
0: or a 222 run in Boston when the weather was really bad and you beat this really deep field the olympics is that's a common language for people
1: yeah and i agree it is the coolest sporting event i believe uh the most unique sporting event. And it's a sporting event that I think should continue to happen. I don't want to be an anti-Olympic person. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I hope, hey, maybe hopefully this podcast becomes a freezing cold take and it's July (laughs) and we're having the Olympics in Tokyo and it's great. Yeah. Um, I just hope that, yeah. What what do you think it's going to happen now that you see the – the first report, the second report saying it's canceled, the third report saying that's not true, and then the fourth report of our podcast talking about it.
0: Where do, you think <laughs> the end result, where do you
1: think the end result is?
0: I think no spectators, but I think they'll find a way to make it happen, and they might need to reduce field sizes or a sport sizes as well, too. That's what I'm going with.
1: Do you think will we'll have- do you think we'll have a situation kind of similar to uh, who was his name? The um, Botswanan four hundred meter runner who couldn't run because he was sick. Isaac McWalla. Yeah. So if uh, we want to get into, lo- yeah. So if you want to get into
0: the logistics, and I talked about this a little bit in 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 the first hour of the show, uh, which I did so though. Um, like, if you're talking about, you have that number twenty thousand, because that's the you know, and, and it could be more than that, but whatever, say it's like 50,000. Um, it's not unrealistic that that many people could have access to the vaccine by the time this starts, but then it's like up to individual countries, right? So then this one country didn't have access to it and they can't send their athletes. Like there's this huge unbalanced playing field with it. And if you do the bubble and then you do all this testing, well, we know from the NBA, right? You're shutting stuff down for a week, two weeks. So, I I guess the situation would be if you go into the bubble, any positive test, you're out, you're done, go home. Olympics are over for you because by the time you're done quarantining, right, it's like your events passed. And that raises all sorts of issues too with it. But I think they're going to try to march through this. I think it's going to be like the NFL model. I think Tomas Bach. Has been talking to Roger Goodell, probably,
1: just like how do you just plow through? How would you feel having to watch the a two hundred meter Olympic final, knowing that Noah Lyles wasn't allowed to compete in the semis because of a positive COVID test? Yeah, like as a fan, how would you like? Would you be like, all right? Would it still feel like the Olympics to you? <laughs> if like Are a healthy athlete the med- is there. <laughs> because of a COVID test. Are you saying a 200
0: final wouldn't have all the big names in it? Is that what you're saying? That's just, that'd be the first time that ever happened. Yeah, yeah no, it's gonna, no, it's gonna feel different. 100%, it's gonna feel different. But I think if, if all this is laid out ahead of time and everybody knows the rules of the game and they sign on for it and it's it's this or nothing, then you gotta, you gotta be prepared for that sort of thing to happen. It would obviously be terrible if that sort of thing happened, but I just say you're in an event. I just,
1: I just hope. you really, I don't know. Say you're in. Say you're a a uh, hundred meter runner. And no, I don't know. I'm trying to pick up a unique event. Um, right. Say. Well. Say that you're one. a fifteen hundred meter. Say you're a fifteen hundred meter runner, and chariot, chariot, Britson and who's who's another who's a their best 15 meter runner right now i don't know another say like three of the top four 1500 meter runners can't compete because mm-hmm. of covid and then you go in the 1500 and you get third do you think when they stand on that podium with that bronze medal they will think like i kind of got lucky because you know the, the three dominant athletes didn't have to i didn't have to race them do they do you think people have put caveats? Do you think people put asterisks on the results if there's widespread uh notable athletes being removed from the field?
0: Well, let me ask you this. I mean, were there caveats for the other championships that have taken place like in COVID? Like college football would be the best example because you had some teams playing like sixth games, some teams playing 11 yeah, games. Yeah. Like that that was that was a pretty now you didn't and you had some players miss games obviously it's not like you had like the most important player in the in the most important game sit out but you definitely had a lot to quibble with i think people just accept it and move on like an injury and then yeah. they say this was this this year was uh kind of screwed up but we did i it. would
1: say though i would say though there's yet to be like a notable removal of an athlete in the COVID era where people really recognize like hey that check because it may affect a regular season game. Like when Trevor Lawrence didn't play for Clemson, they lost, but like everyone didn't care about it because they knew they could go on and win the rest of their games. The regular season right now in the NBA, COVID people are playing G leaguers, but people don't really care about the losses because they recognize it doesn't matter. But the question is, will there ever be a removal of a LeBron James from the Lakers? in the western conference finals and then they go on to lose you're like hey is that fair
0: yeah yeah no you're right we haven't we haven't had something that clear cut but i mean we've had other stuff that's nibbled around the edges for sure okay let's touch on a couple other stories before we go um unless you need to hop off early do you want me to close the show by myself (laughs) did you explain where i was people i just said maybe you'd be joining us later that's all i said i said maybe you'd be joining sure. us later but then you call you called i was going to put you on and be like oh i'm also taking live calls gordon and austin hello you're on and then i was going to hold the phone up but I, I i didn't do that uh since we started recording molly Seidel formally announced she's with puma we also have pro news about fiona o'keefe and then the american track league kicks off this sunday with some uh big name uh kicking off their indoor season
1: yeah, Fiona Keith going pro. Another. It's kind of wild that she transferred New, to New Mexico. New Mexico, and, man. And New Mexico, they did, did create pros. New Mexico pump, right? Uh, and you don't even have, have to run, run for them. I know, right? Who would you enrolling classes?
0: Wow. You enroll in classes there, and then you just get a pro deal. I'm going to see if Joe Franklin can just put me on the roster for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. to see what happens. Get some Hey,
1: why? Why did you come to New Mexico? Because I want to go pro. You, you know, He's they hanging. say. But, but ninety, was it ninety nine percent of athletes go pro in something other than sports? That's the one exactly. percent all go to New Mexico. <laughs> That's
0: how okay. no it so The one percent all the, go to New Mexico. Is he like the John Calipari of NCAA running? Just a fact. He might be definitely America. the
1: John Calipari of like recruiting, international recruiting, mm-hmm. and transferring. Um, but Does John uh, Calipari
0: like EDM music. I'll have to check to see if John Calipari uh, likes music.
1: Dude, in the in the College basketball, North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky all suck. Isn't we that wild? About this last time. You were
0: asleep for so long, you forgot what we talked about last episode. Okay, uh, Seidel uh, to Puma. Anyway. Any thoughts? Um, we yeah. already kind of talked about this already.
1: We kind of already talked about it. Uh, I mean, Saucony clearly is kind of doing a, we don't want to spend money anymore. I think COVID is a big reason why they're not trying to extend athletes for another four years. I think they probably just are having big I'm just speculating. I bet they have big budget cuts in their athlete Mm -hmm. sponsorship department. And even if you made the Olympic team, you still get cut, right? So, But good Mm -hmm. for Molly to be able to find a new sponsor in Puma. Puma looks like they're putting a big investment in running, which is always great. It's a cycle, right? They go hard, and then slowly it falls off. But now Puma went hard like 10-plus years ago. Uh, Now they kind of made – now they – Finally are able to respend all the Usain Bolt money back into the sport, right? And they got a Bolt to spend money on, so now they can spread it out to the Molly Seidel's of this world. Um, oh, I think he's still making money.
0: He's still spending Yeah, but, not, money. As I mean, but not as
1: much. He's not making
0: those no bonuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on that lifetime deal. Uh, Sunday, American Track League in Fayetteville. You have Trayvon Bromel, Andre Degrasse in the 60, 400, features Fred Curley. Quincy Hall, 60 hurdles, Grant Holloway, shot put, Ryan Krauser. Vashtag Cunningham is in the high jump. The 300 has some big names Ashley Spencer, Corey Carter, Tiana Daniels, Jennifer Brandini, Kenny Harrison, Gabby Thomas. The 60 has Daniels and Harrison. The 400, Shamir Little, and Waddellin Jonathus. Who are you most excited to see?
1: Well, if you look at the start lists, I'm excited to. Which I did, I, I just read them to you. Yeah, well, if you look, if you look even closer, you'll notice <laughs> that Gabby Thomas has two goes by two pseudonyms. One, when she's running the sixty, she's Gabby, but when she's running the three hundred, she's Gabrielle. Uh, did you notice that?
0: I did. I also noticed. Click on the men's side. Yeah. Uh, Grant Holloway. And then next to him is Trey Holloway, which there is a Trey Holloway. I just Googled his name. Hurdler for Hampton. But I, I thought it yeah. was Trey Cunningham. And someone oh. just did an auto autofill on the on the on the Holloway all the way down. So what yeah. what do what,
1: what, uh, what do you think uh, a Trey Cunningham and Grant Holloway uh hybrid <laughs> athlete would look like? You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, well they'd run like Florida you know, run like State. He's gonna, yeah. uh, he's gonna probably win the NCA title. Uh, but yeah, so sorry, I got distracted. Um, I'm excited to see. I think one. I'm excited to see what DeGrasse does. We haven't seen Andre DeGrasse. Like, oh wow, it's his brother.
0: It's his brother. I just it is? look at this. Wow. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm looking at his right. his page on Hampton. Son of Latasha and Stan Holloway has one brother, Grant, 16. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's one brother, Grant. Yeah. Um, yeah. You might've heard of him. You might've heard of him. I'm yeah. excited to see, uh, Andre de and Trayvon Brumel, uh, kind of reminds me of flashback to 2015 when they were dominating the NCAA
0: for Baylor and USC
1: went on to tie for third, which is crazy. I can't believe they still just were like, yeah, you tied. It's <laughs> like, no one ties someone. It's impossible to tie someone, but Hey, they tied. And then, uh, so I'm excited to see what they do in a 60. Um, I'm excited to see um, the Quincy Hall. See how he mm-hmm. does. Uh, I mean, he's training still with South Carolina, so not so Quin- So not much will be different there. But Quincy Hall, I feel like, is definitely the rawest uh, elite athlete that we have. I feel like he still has so much more potential ahead of him and has really yet to really tap his fullness. I think Quincy Hall will be super dominant by 2024. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, But overall, I wonder how fast things are gonna be. Like, I wonder what shape these athletes are in. I wonder what effort level they're putting in. You know, like, in the, especially in the 400, right? Cause 60, you kinda, it's only 60 (laughs) meters. You can go hard and run fast. But in the 400, like, are we gonna be, like, what do you think the winning 400 time is? I'll put it the over, under. If I had to put the winning four hundred time of over under, I'll put the over under at forty five three. What would you put it at? That's a good. This is that fast. When you think about it,
0: I'll That's go under.
1: Like cool. I, I think these. I think they're going to surprise us,
0: because yeah. I'm with you. I'm inclined to think, oh, they're going to be cautious. and you know, it's been a while, but we've seen big performances in all these one off meets right? During COVID, like that, that has not been the case. We've all expected it to be a little bit rusty and somebody breaks out. I think Krauser's is going to throw the shot really far.
1: Um, He's already throwing it far some, this
0: season. Well, yeah, that's like the, that's like the most lukewarm take ever. I think Krauser's is going to throw it far. This is like all he ever does. Uh, I'm interested to see Jonathan in the, in the women's 400. She ran some races last year, over overseas and obviously she had that great performance in, in Doha. I want to see what, what she does. She's experienced running indoors as well as well too. But yeah, I could see I, I could see a couple break out like, oh man, I can't believe they ran that fast. And I'm I think it could come from Jonathan's in the four hundred, Grant Holloway in the sixty hurdles, and then probably Curly or Hall in the in the four hundred and Krauser speaks for itself. But I, I, I think we could see good Big there. Sixty is tough, right? Because sixty, it's like well, Otto Bolden calls it a starting contest, basically. So it's like if you nail the start, all right, cool, you're 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 good to go. But um the margin between a you know a, 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 a six forty five and a six fifty nine is just so small, and there's so many people in,
1: in that range that it's tough to sort out. I do think Trayvon's going to run well in the sixty. People forget he's the the world indoor champion in 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, later on that year, he got hurt. And then we thought his career was over. And then 2020 hits, and he's rejuvenated, and now looks to be an Olympic 100-meter favorite. Uh, So I'm excited to see how fast he runs because if he comes out there and runs like – I bet – I mean, he's probably only going to run like 6'5". 6'47 is his
0: PB. 6'47 is his PB.
1: He's probably going to run six mid fives, I bet. But if he goes out there and runs like a a six, five low, Mm -hmm. it'll be pretty good. Especially, it's kind of wild when you really think about our sport that like there'll be an athlete who every day is training, live, sleep, and die for training. Um, Live, sleep, drink. I don't know. You know what I mean? Eat, Eat, sleep, and breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Eat, sleep, and breathe. Training, right? then he's going to drive 40 minutes to an airport, sit in an airport terminal for another 30 40 minutes, go through security, sit on an airplane for 2 3 hours, land, get off the airplane, drive to a facility, you know, go to a hotel, stay up, watch some HBO on or HBO Max or Hulu, Netflix, sleep in, <laughs> wake up you know, lollygag in a, in a city you're not from for eight plus hours. Get to the facility, do a one hour warm up, and then you do your job for six seconds, and then you go home. Like it's just like wild when you think about it. Like you spend all this time, you travel across the country, you you train every day, and you gotta do your job for six seconds. <laughs> It's like, can't we do this virtually or something like that, right? Yeah. Can't, that's like the one thing. Is like, hey man, I get it. You need. I gotta go. I gotta like spend like all this time just to do my six second job. Can I just like send you an email? Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, in certain wild. cases, after all that,
0: people fall start. Yeah, that's even worse. Yeah, they fall start. <laughs> all like, the way, all right. traveled all the way to Europe, and I fall started for one race. All right, we'll leave it there. FlowTrack at gmail.com. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh Alana, are we gonna get the music on the outro too so Gordon can can hear it? I don't know if we can I don't know if we can do that. It might be too ambitious for one show. Um if Gordon doesn't like the music, we're gonna do it anyway. We have music though? Yeah, that's what I told you in the intro. Oh, Ooh. there it is. There it is. All right, thanks everybody. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.